Hello, everybody. This is Louisa Nicola, and welcome back to another episode of the Neuro Experience Podcast. Today's episode is fantastic and it's straight to the point. Today's guest is Dr. Adam Batena, a medical doctor who practices in the UK, but he's taken a different route when it comes to health span. Adam is the co-founder of Span Health, a revolutionary app that is designed to help you unlock and prioritize the health data captured from wearables. The development of ways to measure aging is very important because finding clever ways to quantify aging is the first step we have to take if we actually want to improve human health span. But the next step is quite tricky. Improving health span comes at a cost and it's not that simple. So in this episode, we're going to talk to you about health span, lifespan, and what you should and shouldn't be doing to push the needle forward to age in a healthy way. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Neuro Experience Podcast, where you will learn the science of human performance and optimization. Before we move into today's episode, I want to thank our sponsors. The first sponsor is Span Health, the all-in-one app that displays weekly trends in metrics and gives you experiments based off your baseline measurements so you can improve those metrics. So pretty much Span Health is an app that gathers all the data from your wearables, such as your Whoop, your Aura Ring and others. It throws all that data from each day into the app and the app gives you recommendations based on that data. It's pretty good and it actually helps you with productivity. If you don't want to wake up in the morning and look at all the data, you can just go to this one app. So if you want to trial this app, you can skip the wait list and join Span today with our exclusive 35% off promo code. All you have to do is go to www.span.health slash Louisa to claim this offer. Our second sponsor is 8sleep and we all know that I love sleep fitness and 8sleep is by far the best sleep fitness technology company that I've ever been involved with. They make the absolute best mattress covers and mattresses to increase the quality of your sleep. Now I've spent my career working on the science of sleep and I can tell you that one of the things that we mess up when it comes to sleep is quantity versus quality. The 8sleep mattress and pod pro cover were designed to help make sleep quality more efficient. The tech allows you to automate and control the temperature of your bed as you sleep through the night. So if you want to check out this sleep technology or you want to purchase the Pod Pro cover and sleep like an athlete, you can get $150 off using code NEURO at checkout. Just head to www.8sleep.com slash NEURO to find out more and use code NEURO at checkout. So my first question is, what are we doing wrong when it comes to aging and how can we age better from a cellular perspective? Well, the short answer is we're eating too much, sleeping too little, moving too little and taking harmful substances like smoking and alcohol and we lead stressful lives. Now, this is the general answer, the one-size-fits-all answer, but there are specific answers that we can tailor to each individual based on their own biomarkers, based on their own metrics. And this brings me to your second question, which is how can we age better from a cellular level? Now, 
first of all, we need to cover the basics, and that's kind of generalized to everyone. But we are also guided by the specific markers and, and metrics that are individualized to each person. Because what really governs our aging is our genetics more than our environment. And unfortunately, we can't change our genetics yet, but our genetics can give us a lot of information on where to focus, where are the low-hanging fruits. So for example, if there's heart disease in your family or if there's dementia in your family, maybe there are specific interventions that we can target to delay the onset of these age-related diseases. So we would start with the basics of getting nutrition, sleep, and exercise right, obviously avoiding harmful substances. In each one of these categories, we can have a whole podcast about. Now, the next level would be certain supplements and medications, depending on the individual markers. Now, depending on those individualized markers, we might recommend certain supplements or certain medications that can prevent the onset of certain diseases or even slow down the aging process itself. Now, one medication that might be helpful in certain age groups is uh, rapamycin. And rapamycin is all the rage now. But the problem with rapamycin is we don't really have robust clinical data in humans to prove that rapamycin is beneficial in slowing the aging process in adult humans. Rapamycin has been shown to increase average lifespan across all species that it's been tried on. But the problem is we don't really know what the correct dose is for humans. So what I would like to see is well-designed randomized controlled trials in humans looking at endpoints that are related to aging. And that's why I'm actually part of a consortium where we are working on a detailed guideline for rapamycin prescription based on the available data right now and a guideline for trial design that can give us that evidence that we lack right now. Another thing that we don't know right now is what combinations of different compounds might be synergistic and might give us a better effect. So what I would like to see is more trials combining different proposed anti-aging compounds. Um, so once we cover the basics and then we have the compounds that might slow down our aging, uh, I think the third level would be something like genetic engineering because all the things that we talked about are things that could potentially increase our average lifespan or slow down the uh, aging process, but they won't reverse our aging. We still won't live beyond our maximum lifespan, which is about 122 years for humans. In order to go beyond that, we probably will need something like genetic engineering. And right now, it's very early days when it comes to that. Hey guys, I just wanted to jump in here real quick and talk to you about our third sponsor, which is Muse. It is a headband that I have been wearing for quite some time now. And it basically helps you when you are having a restless sleep. So how many nights have you laid in bed tossing and turning as you watch the minutes tick by? I definitely am someone who's been through this and now I use real-time biofeedback on my brain, which picks up on not just my brain waves, but my breathing, my heart rate and my body movements. So this headband learns how to quiet my mind and get me into deep restorative sleep. And I sleep with it on and it's an EEG powered headband. And basically once I put it on, before I go to sleep, I hop on the Muse app and I hit one of the sleep journeys and this sleep journey helps put me into a calm restorative sleep so I'm able to fall asleep better. And then this is the, the, the brains behind the headband, no pun intended. 
If I'm tossing and turning throughout the night, maybe if I'm too hot or I'm too cold or something loud happens, I live in Manhattan, so there's always something happening at night, but just say something loud happens and I wake up in the, in the night, this headband picks up on my brainwave activity and it quickly helps guide me back into sleep. So if you want to check this out or learn more about it, just go to choosemuse.com. If you want to buy or purchase this, you can receive 10% off by using code neuro at checkout. That is choosemuse.com, enter code neuro to receive 10% at checkout. A central theme when I think about the longevity space is the idea of hormesis and the survival signals we put out on, onto our body. Can you briefly outline what hormesis is and why it's so important when we think about aging? Yeah, it's interesting because uh, well, home, what does hormesis mean? Hormesis means systems that gain from a little bit of stress. And um, I think the human body is is one of those systems that is not uh, robust to uh, to stress. It's more like we gain um, strength from a little bit of stress. And the, the main point here is to find the right amount of stress that will give us that gain of function. Um now, the way I think about it in biological systems and in, in, in humans is short-term stress is probably good for us. Long-term stress is less good for us. Um, so, for example, if you go to the gym and exercise and um, have, a, have a good workout, your cortisol levels are going to go up. Your adrenaline levels are going to go up. Um, this stress uh, is similar to what happens when you have long-term chronic stress, but uh, the long-term chronic stress doesn't go up and down. It, it, it's it's more long-term um, and has detrimental effects, whereas the short-term uh, effects can actually have good uh, benefits um, after the stress is gone because your body is going to adapt and rebuild um, its itself in order to be able to endure that stress in the future. So how do you view this theory of intermittent fasting. And I know there's many different ways to fast and we know that it's good. And, you know, I, I'd love to know your take on whether we should be fasting. But as a general rule, I think we get a bit mixed up and confused when it comes to fasting. Should we be fasting for 18 hours a day? Should we be fasting for 16 hours a day? Or should we just fast for two days a week? I've heard some crazy theories around this, but I know that it's good for your overall health, increasing your focus, your vigilance, and your longevity. So I'd love to know what your take is on the world of fasting. Yes. Now, fasting is one of, is one of those uh, stresses that can be um, very beneficial to us if done correctly. Now, actually, calorie restriction in general is, is the probably the most robust intervention proven to have beneficial effects on uh, lifespan in, in mammals and in all organisms, really. Now, what is calorie restriction? Uh, calorie restriction is, is reducing the amount of calories to a point that is lower than your um, requirement without, without uh, compromising your nutritional needs. So we call this calorie restriction with optimal nutrition or calorie restriction without malnutrition. And it's it's a fine balance to, to find this right amount of calories because, first of all, you have to find what your daily calorie requirements are, and then you need to fine-tune fine that and um, 
work with a dietitian or a nutritionist to f- to find what is the optimal amount of, of uh, or the lowest amount of nutrition that you can take without compromising your overall uh, overall nutrition now this is one uh, example of kind of a, a real uh, a real life tool that people can use to actually improve their health outcomes and one of the ways to reduce calories is uh, to do prolonged fasting periodically uh, so i think that Periodic prolonged fasting can be a really um, strong tool to activate those um, pathways in our in our body that uh, can can make us benefit from that hormesis, that stressor of fasting. But the benefits of fasting, you know, are fantastic. Like you, when you fast, I believe you induce autophagy. Is that correct? So it's kind of a balance between autophagy and growth. That's kind of a, a general balance we have in our body. And once when we have when we are in an abundance of energy, when we're taking in a lot of energy, we, we're stimulating those growth pathways that we can we can talk about that kind of accelerate the aging process. And uh, when we're fasting, when we're there's less energy going into our body, we're activating those autophagy uh, pathways, which are um, using old parts and and uh, uh, regenerating um, mitochondria and organelles in, in the cells now um, I think I think you're right in the fact that uh, people can over uh, overemphasize the benefits of fasting I think most of the benefits of, of fasting are uh, that they could be that fasting can be used as a tool to reduce uh, calorie intake, uh, and this has been studied in in randomized trials. Um, when we put two groups of people on the same amount of calories, one uh, group of people doing it in a uh, time restricted manner, and the other in a non time restricted manner, um, we don't see any difference when it comes to health outcomes. So I think. One of the and one of one of the mistakes people make when they are uh, adopting an intermittent fasting lifestyle is that they overcompensate in the feeding period and they overeat uh, because they feel like yeah. they've done their their you know they've done their um, their fasting so now they can overeat during the the uh, eating period and uh, I think the way to think about it properly is that if you skip a meal. Uh, you don't. Uh, that doesn't mean that you're shifting the, that meal to a, a, a you know the, your win, your feeding window. It, it, you're skipping the meal. That that meal is gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's a type of medicine that's prescribed to people with type two diabetes. It's called metformin, and it's gaining a lot of traction recently. So I did some digging up on it, and I found a study. It was a longitudinal study which showed that people with type two diabetes taking metformin lived fifteen percent longer than healthy controls not taking the drug. So this raises the question as to whether the longevity benefits of metformin may extend to healthy people. However, metformin may inhibit exercise-induced benefits such as cardiovascular, such as cardiorespiratory fitness and gains in lean muscle mass. And I've gotten a lot of questions about whether taking metformin after the age of 40 is, uh, is something that people should be doing. I've yet to meet a female who's taking metformin, but I do know a lot of uh, 
older males, and when I say older, I mean above the age of 45 and 50, who are taking metformin purely as a performance enhancer and a longevity enhancer. So are you able to take us through what metformin is and the benefits uh, versus the cons of taking this type of drug? Yeah, metformin is an interesting drug. It's been around for many, many years, and it has a, a very high safety profile, has some side effects. But metformin is one of those drugs that is, is used regularly in uh, people with type 2 diabetes. Now, we actually don't know exactly how it works. One of the ways how it works, it activates one of these um, g- genetic pathways called AMPK, uh, which, is, which communicates with the mTOR pathway that we can talk about uh, as well. Um, and one of these effects uh, is activating AMPK, which leads to, which has been shown to kind of increase longevity in, in uh, certain organisms. Now, what I'm more interested in when we talk about these um, uh, interventions in general is, uh, can we see any kind of empirical data instead of mechanistic uh, data to show that uh, these interventions have a positive effect on, on lifespan. Now, wh- what I mean by empirical data is do they, when we use these in uh, well-designed, randomized control studies, do we see an actual net benefit? Um, because I think there's too much emphasis on mechanistic data or mechanistic um, explanations of how these uh, drugs work. In theory, they should work because we know that it activates this pathway, which is correlated to aging. But when we actually um, look at the data in randomized control studies, do we actually see a benefit? Now, for metformin, it's inconclusive in healthy uh, mice. Um, The animal studies show that uh, mice with uh, type 2 diabetes who are on metformin live longer than mice without type 2 diabetes who are on metformin. But when we uh, randomize to, to two groups that are not um, diabetic, there's, there's, it's inconclusive. Now, when we look at human data, uh, diabetics who are on metformin do better than even non-diabetics who are non, on, on, uh, not on metformin when it comes to developing heart disease and other diseases associated with aging. But this is in kind of observational data. So the next step is to do a uh, a randomized control trial. And that's where the work of um, Nir Berzelai comes in, who is uh, organizing the TAME study, which is a fantastic uh, trial that is... uh, I think they have... uh, approval now and they're going to start recruiting at some point i think they were uh, offset with the pandemic but the tame study is looking at metformin in healthy individuals and the primary endpoint of the study is uh, incidence of any one of the age-related chronic diseases that we know of so like um, uh, myocardial infarctions uh, heart failure stroke uh, cancer uh, so what they're looking at is the uh, does metformin uh, delay the onset of these chronic diseases that are age related now this would be a really interesting study to see the outcomes of when it comes to metformin well one thing to kind of emphasize here is that when we talk about improvements in, in lifespan we're talking about improving average lifespan mm-hmm. it seems that maximum lifespan for different organisms is fixed so for humans, we probably can't live beyond 122 years. Um, 
Now, these interventions have been shown to increase average lifespan uh, of of organisms in, in that, uh, that who, who uh, for example, go under um, calorie restriction or rapamycin. Um, but so this would be the first step towards longevity is kind of slowing down the aging process. But reversing the aging process is so, so something totally different, and I think we're you know way away from from that. So one of the reasons why I really wanted to bring you on here was because you are doing something incredible in this space as it relates to health, longevity, and tech. You are the co-founder of Span Health, and I've been using Span Health now for around four months, and I love it, mainly because I'm uh, one of those crazy people with... um, so much data that I look at each morning that I need to collate. So are you able to touch on what Span Health is and what you're doing in the world of health, longevity, and tech? Absolutely. So Span Health is a a mobile application with um, uh, the ability to uh, gather data from all the wearables that you may have. So we sync with uh, Whoop, Aura, Apple Watch, all of these uh, wearables that give us data about ourselves. And we use this data to give the user insights about themselves, but more importantly, how they can use this data to improve uh, their health outcomes and to improve their health in general and reach their health goals. So um, we use uh, our algorithms and we also always have a human in the loop. We have So we have a, a team of experts that would be going through your data and giving you personalized um we call them experiments. So we do kind of uh, n equal one uh, equals one experiments with with users t- to see what works for the user and what doesn't, and then uh, we translate that into kind of behavioral changes that are uh, long term and sustainable. And we always always start with the basics of nutrition, sleep, and exercise. So yeah. These are kind of the foundations of of uh, of our program, and the aim, the ultimate aim, is to improve longevity and general health. Mm. One thing I love about it is prior to, you know, getting Span Health, I I had so much data. So every single morning I'd wake up and I'd look at my Aura Ring data or my Whoop data. Then I'd look at my sleep data. Then I'd look at data from my CGM. And like, there was just so much to do. And then when I found out that there was a one-stop shop for all of these, which really goes in and and produces an algorithm based on all these different data points, I thought, okay, that's incredible. So I think what you guys are doing is wonderful. I think adding in somebody that talks to you every month as well, um, you know, or, or whenever you need like a, like a dedicated health coach to say, Hey, Louisa, look, you, you know, the app says that you had decreased sleep that night. Uh, you also were under a lot of stress. Your HRV wasn't too high. Maybe try these things out to, to help you, uh, increase your HRV and recover better. I think that's really great, especially for people who are just getting new and just starting on their journey into the wearable space. There's, I get a lot of questions myself about, Hey, Louisa, I've got the whoop or I've got the ordering. I just don't know how to read the data. And I think that that's, that's a whole new uh, issue in and of itself. So I think you guys are really carving out a new, a new sector in the tech and health space. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, I mean, a lot of our users are even very experienced with this data, but uh, the thing they like about it is they can outsource that whole headache of going through your data and, and trying different things to someone who is an expert who loves going through data all day. Um, and that's one of the kind of uh, benefits that we provide to people who may already be quite advanced in, in, in this space. 
Adam, thank you so much for being part of the Neuro Experience podcast. We're going to provide all the links for your socials and for Span Health below. Thank you. Thank you for having me.